0: lessons everyone who got on a roll with that last episode i think <laughs> but i tell you it's something that's so needed uh to be understood within the body of christ if you haven't listened to it go back in case the previous episode right now but uh, the bottom line is this we're looking at first peter chapter two and in verse one it says therefore it's in light of everything that we've seen already in chapter one he tells us to do some things to put aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander then verse two like newborn babies Long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect of salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. And he's saying if you haven't, since you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, you must long for the pure milk of the word in the same way that a newborn baby does. And again, if you don't long for the pure milk of the word of God, if you don't long to know what his truth, if you don't long to understand his ways and be immersed in his word, In whatever way that may manifest itself, then you need to examine yourself, as it says in 2 Corinthians, to see if you be of the faith, because this is not something we whip up. A newborn baby doesn't whip up this longing for the pure milk. It cries out for the very foundational sustenance that it needs. It just knows it needs it. And so if you don't have that longing and that needing, there may be something else skewed. Now, let me hasten to say that doesn't mean that I'm talking about, okay, you have to be in this form of a Bible study. You have to do it this way. You have to do it the way I do it. No. So often people think, well, longing for the pure milk of the word is being in a Bible study of a certain kind of format. No, 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 not, not that at all. It's longing to know the word of God is longing to know the very thoughts and precepts of the word himself, okay? That's a different type of thing. So in verse 4, let's pick it up. He says, And coming to him, and that's speaking of the Lord Jesus, as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Again, he's picking up uh, ideas and thoughts that we find in the Old Testament and the law that the Jewish believers would have known. And in the scripture, in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, there's all these passages that speak. uh, God is saying, the days are coming. The days are coming when I'm going to move and I'm going to turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. I'm going to take that heart of stone upon which the law has been written. Because the law was written on stone. <coughs> Remember the, what happened with Moses and the Ten Commandments, which is uh, just a synopsis of the law, that that was written on stone. He said, but the day is coming when I'm going to write upon you as heart. And he's mentioned two or three times already in Peter, first Peter, uh, of the heart that we have. Okay. So he says, you're to come to him as a living stone. Uh, Daniel spoke about that, that the Messiah would be a living stone that would be rejected by men. But you know that he's choice and he's precious in the sight of God. So you come to him and he describes Jesus as a living stone rejected by men, choice, precious in the sight of God. We are, you also are living stones. And here's what's happened to us. We're being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. We're gonna see more on that later. We're literally being built up individually as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. We're literally being built up as a spiritual house corporately as his body, that organism that is the body of Christ. To what purpose? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He's showing us how we're going to live individually and corporately and what he's doing. Now, listen to these next three verses. Uh, Well, the next verse at least. For this is contained in Scripture. And then Peter quotes from the Old Testament. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. I love watching how the Lord uses the Old Testament in the New Testament. How we'll read a passage and all of a sudden there's a quote here from the Old Testament. And it just just sort of uh, annihilates this concept that you see so often uh, within churches. They go, well, we're New Testament churches, we're New Covenant churches, so we really don't have to understand the Old Testament. We don't have to read the Old Testament because we're a New Testament church. Nothing can be further from the truth. You cannot understand and know what's being said in the passage, like this right here, if you don't understand the old covenant. Now, because of the confines of our format here, I usually don't go and cross-reference a lot. When we do Bible studies, I do. I would go and pick up exactly where this passage came from, and we would look at the context of it and see how the Lord fulfills his word. It's amazing when you see this thing. So Peter is saying this. Hey, you know that passage over in the Old Testament says, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. That's fulfilled through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says it next verse, verse seven, first Peter two, this precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who don't believe the stone, which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense for they stumbled because they were not obedient to the word and to this doom. Are you ready? They were also appointed. The Lord foreknew, the Lord has chosen, the Lord has predestined, the Lord has elected. There's all these things that you see that people have the hardest time with. They would say, well, I don't understand that. I understand that. They say, well, I, I can't understand everything. I understand that. It boils down to this. Are you going to trust in your ability to understand or are you going to trust in what the word of the Lord says? There was a stumbling block. There was a choice stone laid in Zion. That choice stone is the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who believe in him will not be disappointed, but those who choose to disbelieve disbelieve and refuse to believe, that stone which the builder rejected, that is the very cornerstone, and it becomes a, stone, a rock of offense, and it becomes a stone of a stumbling block. Other scripture talks about how they'll be crushed by that very stone, and <coughs> those were the ones that are disobedient to it. And he said, to this stone, to this doom, according to what Scripture I'm reading right here in front of me, they were also appointed. Peter has given us understanding into what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us and that this is nothing that could not have been known because the Scripture itself, the Old Testament, speaks of this living stone. So, my final moments right here. Question for you. Have you believed unto salvation? Have you truly repented and confessed? Do you truly believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the precious cornerstone? Or are you just a religionist? Are you just somebody that is very involved in the organization and a religious activity of a church? It's just pattern and practice of your life, and yet you've really ne- never been transformed. You know, take this before the Lord. Ask him. He will reveal where you stand. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.